0: Welcome to the All Pacers Pod, a podcast for Pacer fans, by Pacer fans. I'm your host, Jack, and today I got Sal with me from Pacers on Instagram. Sal, how's it going?
1: It's fantastic. It's good to be back.
0: Yeah, it's been since... Uh, well, it's been a while. Let's just put it that way. So you started school. I just had another kid. So, uh, you know, we're trying to adjust to our ever-changing lives. Um, and... I mean how, how's everything going for you? School good?
1: Yeah it's busy. Um, you know the university life is a lot different than uh, back in uh, last year in grade 12 when I could uh, do a podcast or two every week. It's kind of disintegrated from that but you know we're back. Back in action.
0: We have a lot to talk about. We're not going to go do game recaps from every single game that we've missed on this podcast. We're going to go Back just a few, but we're going to talk about news this year, um, impact, future. um, And yeah, we're just going to kind of go with the flow, I guess, here. So, uh, real quick, let's give a special thanks to our title sponsor, Jack Brown Videography, for tax purposes. We say it here on the podcast. So, uh, wedding videographer in Louisville, Kentucky, it's me, but that's who's paying for this podcast and all the platforms. And then also, uh, this podcast is brought to you by the All-Indie Sports Network of Podcasts. Go listen to some of the other podcasts that are on this platform, and you'll have a ton of fun with that. But Sal, let's kind of just get into the news and the February recap. I mean, w- January 30th isn't February, so let's actually just start with that. Uh, Miles Turner signed an extension. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit on a rundown, but we'll get back to February. Uh, Miles Turner signed an extension, two sixty $60 million. So he'll be here for two more seasons The expectation was that he would be traded before the trade deadline this year. We had heard a lot of talk, and I know you were hoping for the Lakers' first-round picks, 27-29, that they have. But he's going to be a pacer at least the rest of this season, and then I don't know when he could be traded, but it seems like the Pacers are continuing to invest in him as part of this core going forward. What's kind of your take on this? Um, Are you happy to see him stay? where do you stand
1: all right so initially uh you know everyone saw that uh salary that he' was getting paid and you know it looked like a lot but in actuality he's just um making 20 million each year over the next two seasons and then i think they added on like 17 million onto this season so he's making like 30 35 this season but i, I guess they want him to be paid 20. In the next two coming years, because it gives them more flexibility. But uh, aside from the pay, um, I've never really been too high on Miles Turner, but I must admit this is definitely his best year um, in the NBA, scoring wise at least. Um, I feel like it's been an easy 20 points for him every night. Um, you know, he's a lot more versatile. He's finally kind of got rhythm in scoring and been a lot more consistent and confident with his abilities. Um, and part of that probably comes with playing with Tyrese Halliburton as your point guard. But um, as a whole, I wasn't too convinced on keeping him around. Um, I'm still willing to wait it out, but I do think that his defense is a tad bit overrated because it seems like every single big man that plays against us uh, has a dominant game. Um, I remember... And also the rebounding is still an issue uh, in my eyes about Turner, who can average about seven rebounds as a seven-foot center. Um, But uh, a couple games after the extension, he did allow Xavier Tillman to almost drop 20-10 and on us. Uh, But it seems really like every big man um, does put in the work on the Pacers. But from his standpoint as an offensive player, he's also kind of doing that but I guess for what we're paying for I'm sure it's a fair price I think it
0: is I mean when you look at his stats like you're mentioning I mean he's never averaged he's he's at 18.2 points per game this year I think the most he's averaged is maybe 13 his rebounds are low we never have expected him to be a good rebounder there's always expectations that maybe he'll develop um, or hopefully he'll develop he just never has and that's okay I mean His shooting's up. I mean, three-point percentage is over 40% right now. That's the highest of his career. He shot 38% maybe his third or fourth year in the league. I don't have the stats in front of me because I wanted to look at the all-time Pacers season leaders for a couple of these stats. So, Miles Turner right now, if he continues at this pace, his effective field goal percent is at 62%. If he continues at this pace, he will finish first all-time in a season as a Pacer or for the Pacers. Um the current leader is Doug McDermott from 2020 and 2021. We all know how great of a shooter he was for the Pacers. His true Love that. Yeah, man. love him. Uh I I mean, I can't even believe he was our second best player for a good chunk of time what 2 years ago. It's <laughs> insane. Um but I I always uh wish the best for Doug McDermott. Also though, I want to mention this. Miles Turner is his true shooting percent is at 65.8%. If he continues at that pace, he will be first all-time. The current leader is Reggie Miller in 1990-1991 season where he shot 65% for true shooting percentage. So Miles is at like an all-time pace right now for Indiana basketball. That has a lot to do with his mid-range game that has continued to be good, but then his three-point percentage is um, at an all-time high. And you already mentioned it. I mean, this is the Tyrese Halliburton effect. It has to be 100%. The last good point guard, I mean, truly good point guard that the Pacers have had was Mark Jackson. And even then, I mean, Tyrese Halliburton's already, for me, entering that best point guard we've ever had in Indiana Pacers basketball history. I'll have a few things to back that up when we talk more about Halliburton later. But it has to do with Tyrese Halliburton,
1: right? Yep, yeah, and he is definitely the best point guard that we've had. I, I'd say so. I think Mark Jackson was, you know, just le- and, uh, exiting his prime as he was in Indiana, correct? Yeah. He, I mean, he, he had
0: multiple years where... I know he was an all-star here. No. For, or, uh, no, he was never an no, all-star he here? wasn't. I I it was I'm going to get to that.
1: He, I thought one season he was, though. You know? Not with the
0: Pacers. So, I I mean, like I oh. said, I'm going to get to all this stuff here in a bit. But, yeah, so, I mean, the, the longevity of it all is important. We've fallen victim to it on this podcast in the past. I was already claiming that Oladipo was a top 15 pacer all time. He very well could be. I mean, he was the best player on a couple of those pacer teams. Um, And that's important. But, you know, I was looking ahead a lot for that kind of stuff. So bonus too, you, it's really easy to put these guys in that top 15, top 10 range. But, you know, with Mark Jackson, I'm looking at the assist percent. So he's top 10. He has five seasons in the top 10 for assist percentage for the team. Um and assists per game, let's see, we're um lost it. Assists per game. So currently at this pace, Tyrese Halliburton will be one. But Mark Jackson has four assists per game in the top ten for the Pacers in the history of the team. So longevity is important. I'm not ready to crown Tyrese Halliburton yet as the greatest point guard we've had, but I think talent-wise, he could very well be. Um, but yeah, Miles. I mean he was in a contract year you expect a jump in productivity when players are in contract years you see it all the time but he was rewarded he's comfortable in indy i think he's i mean i'm sure his confidence as a veteran of this team is huge he's been the longest tenured pacer for i don't know like 3 or 4 years at this point but i i just think he's taking ownership of this team in a real way i wish his rebound numbers were better but you know he's competing with aaron neesmith and O'Shea Brissett on a nightly basis for rebounds so it it must be tough right (laughs) yeah yeah really I just I don't get that I mean when you're competing with Sabonis it makes sense but his rebound numbers are down and Sabonis isn't there doesn't make sense but yeah so miles we extended him I feel good about it for the price I think it sounds like you do too so let's move on Um, the biggest thing that happened I guess was the Kevin Durant trade but the Pacers or at the trade deadline was probably the Kevin Durant trade and the Pacers got to play a part in that a little bit. Did you know We, we didn't send anything away, but Milwaukee wanted Jay Crowder from uh, Phoenix, which they moved Jay Crowder um, to get Kevin Durant in. It's the Suns did. But the Bucks wanted him, so they sent us um, a couple of salary dump players, including George Hill and Serge Ibaka. But then we also got assets like Jordan Wara, a 2023 pick swap, 2024 second. We got our 2025 second back. We got Milwaukee's 28 and then their 29 second as well. So we loaded up there and we didn't give anything up for that. So, I mean, that's truly a win trade,
1: right? Forgot about Goga.
0: Oh, I'm getting there. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. We're, we're probably going to spend 30 to 40 okay. minutes on Goga. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, um, but, I mean, thoughts on that trade? How are you feeling at the time and what are your expectations? I mean,
1: like what? It was like three second round picks and then two swaps, right? Well we
0: got a twenty twenty three pick swap, the favorable one we'll get. Um yeah. and then we get the twenty twenty four second, twenty twenty eight, twenty twenty nine second for Milwaukee, and then we get our twenty twenty five back. So that's actually five okay. seconds. Okay. Four and a half.
1: So yeah, so I mean Five second round picks for Cutting Goga is just a beautiful thing. Uh, for some reason, this trade deadline, which uh, I think is the best trade deadline in NBA history, but there were so many picks being thrown around. Like James Wiseman, five second round picks. Um, Gary Payton, the second, five second round picks. Josh Richardson, five second round picks. Jay Crowder, five second round picks. Um and the second round Pacers was flying around and I'm glad the Pacers took advantage of that um, also not to be a name that just to uh, gloss over but Jordan Nowora, um has looked great in his few games that he's played for the Pacers so far um, he just played 28 minutes in the last outing I think he had about 18 points um, and this is a guy who's a, a great 3 and D scorer um, he's got a good, um, good build good size and um, Kind of a lengthy forward, and I mean, what's not to like um, for this rotation on a team where we're kind of thin in that position, um, and many players are in and out of the rotation because no one can really provide a solidified spot in the rotation in the wing department besides Aaron Nesmith. Um, but yeah, I kind of like the uh, I like the trade. I like Jordan Aura. I was excited when we got him actually. So. Um, and yeah, and then I guess we got George Hill back who, uh, a couple of, uh, like a year or two before my time as Pacers fan, but I know what he means to, uh, Indiana and he's from Indiana, I believe. Um, also traded for Kawhi Leonard. So, um, you know, kind of an iconic guy in uh, Pacers basketball.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, you, you probably won't remember this, but he was on the Spurs. He was their sixth man. Yeah. yeah. Amazing off the bench. I mean, it was all the rage at the time. And we had a chance to bring him home. We sent the 17th pick away, which ended up being Kawhi Leonard. I think it was 17th. Um, And George Hill was our point guard for a couple of Eastern Conference final runs.
1: He was good yeah, though. I'll
0: always defend that trade. Obviously you'd rather have Kawhi Leonard.
1: It was a good it was a good trade for what it yeah, was. And you got like, to, you yep. no one knew what
0: Kawhi Leonard was gonna no, be. No, and you gotta capitalize so, on the the window too, yeah. because at the time, you know, we had Roy Hibbert, David West. I think Danny Granger might have still been there at the time. Paul George. I mean, it was all clicking we needed. I mean, we had Lance Stevenson playing really well. It was all clicking though, and it just made sense at the time. So I love George Hill coming in and I say all of that. And I went all the way back to his Spurs days because, I mean, his play off the bench as a two-way combo guard um, for the Spurs was awesome. And I think, like, when I saw that George Hill was coming home, obviously I'm excited. He's one of my favorite Pacers of all time. But I think for Benedict Matherin, for him to get to learn George Hill, I mean, George Hill had a ton of success off the bench as a, a spark plug and running the offense kind of guy. I think this is going to be huge for Benedict Matherin. Hopefully, this is all a speculation, but I, I just think for development, getting a guy in there that's comfortable with the team and a good leader, um, I'm excited about that for Matherin especially, but a lot of the young guys too. Um, Jordan Wara, he played down here at University of Louisville. Really good player. That's college though. Went pro for the Bucks. They don't really have a need for young guys, but the limited time that he did get in for the Bucs was a really good player I mean I guess really good I can't just throw that around he was a solid player <laughs> um and I it'd be like us saying friend of the podcast Kiefer Sykes is a great player because of the games that he came in but I mean I don't know right we, we never saw him in super meaningful moments other than the Warriors overtime win so anyway I digress I don't want to slander Kiefer Sykes at all I hope that didn't come off that way Sal
1: yeah, can't slander the boy. Yeah, we'll cut that. We, we <laughs> won't cut that.
0: It's it's going to stay in. But, um, yeah, I'm excited about Jordan War. He's already been good for the Pacers, like you said, in five games. I guess this will come out after the Spurs game that's happening tonight. But in five games for the Pacers, he's averaging 9.4 points, four rebounds, uh, two assists, and then shooting 39% from three, which is really good. So that's all you can ask for. And, you know, we gave up. Really nothing for it. We ended up waving Goga Batadze. We didn't have to do that, but I think his time uh, in the league had run up like four years ago. I love Goga, but it was probably about time uh, for him to, to move on from the Pacers and for the Pacers to cut bait with him. Um, are you feeling okay about Goga leaving? I know you briefly mentioned it. I'm, I'm a little bummed. I love his
1: potential, but I mean I, I think the writing was on the wall. Um, before I get into that, I'd just like to add with the George Hill mentoring Benedict Matherin, if Benedict Matherin doesn't start next year, that'll be the biggest mistake in recent, uh, couple past year pacer history. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to, they, they need to, they need to start this man already.
0: No, definitely. And it's I mean, the problem time. is though that Buddy Hill has been playing really well and run him at the three. Yeah, I guess so. But
1: man, that's just like, who's he going to guard? I don't it's Man, they're running Aaron Neesmith at the four. I'm sure it's not a big deal. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, I don't really think
0: of Buddy Heald as a defender. No, Benedict can be at the three. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't really think of him as a defender right now either. So, I mean...
1: He he has a lot of defensive potential. Yeah,
0: I guess, I mean, what we have nothing to lose, right? I mean... Yeah, no. I mean, maybe we'll drop some rebounding, but... No one's rebounding anyways for us. No,
1: Benedict, Benedict, Benedict's getting swooping in there, getting offense rebounds all the time. Well,
0: I'm trying to figure he's out. He's like
1: one of our best rebounders. Yeah. <laughs> There's really no reason why they're still. I, I guess it's just to let him learn the ropes. But I mean, um, when I was
0: thinking through this today, it's that. Like, he's coming in with the second units, getting to run the show, getting confidence, yeah, yeah. reps. I mean, that has to be it, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I understand it, but I think that next season he should definitely be given a little more. Uh, opportunity in the starting lineup. Definitely. Um, but going back to Goga, um, yeah, it's about time that he's gone. Um, another guy we waved is Terry Taylor. Didn't uh, didn't really want to see him go, but he was probably the next man up to get uh, walk out the door. Uh, who signed with, uh, I believe, the Bulls. I haven't been keeping up if he's even played a minute for that Bulls team yet. I'm going to go check right now. But I know Goga did play. Uh, against Indiana when they played Orlando and he had six points, six rebounds. Yeah, he tore us uh, up. But Goga, Goga sucks, though. Goga sucks. <laughs> uh, Terry Taylor has played one game for the Bulls. Uh, I played four minutes, was two for two, and that's all I did. He scored four points. And um, Goga is basically just uh, get, like, one to five minutes every couple games. Um, neither of the guys really in realism are impactful players on any team in the NBA right now. But... Um, We did, now more importantly over these two guys, we did cut James Johnson, um, and there was this whole thing that when we traded for Serge Ibaka, we thought that we were cutting James Johnson, but then it turns out we cut Serge, and then we signed James Johnson back, which was a great move. I'm glad we got him back because it seems like he has a lot of control over the locker room and a lot of good leadership presence. Um, Right after the game, Uh, That he was there was a game I believe the day after he got cut, um, and he was actually sitting in um, Halliburton's family seats. If I don't know if you knew about that, but Halliburton gave him uh, their tickets, uh, and uh, James Johnson was courtside at the game, Um, and I'm glad they they brought him back just for the cultural reasons. Great leadership, great enforcer. Um, Sucks on the court though, but. Still, I mean, like Udonis Haslam of of the Pacers right now, um, and yeah, overall, I'd say that was for what we did was a perfect trade deadline.
0: Yeah, um, can I? I want to say something real quick about Goga. We're gonna go back to him. Um, I know you mentioned he sucks. I disagree. I want to go over his stats with the Magic, which he's averaging seven minutes a game and two games played. So. Not a huge sample size, but I'd say not a small sample size either. I I really think we can take a lot from his stats so far in Orlando. Let's go through this real quick. So per game right now, well, actually, let's go per 36 because he hasn't played a lot of minutes. So per 36, he's first on the Magic in scoring at 23.1 points per game. He's first in total rebounds at 20.6. He's first in defensive rebounds at 15.4 and also first in offensive rebounds at 5.1. He's leading the team in all uh, free throw percentage, three-point percentage, and field goal percentage. Plus, he is ninth in assists per game, if you're looking at, per 36. Sal, that doesn't seem like a bad player, if you ask me.
1: He also didn't play one of those games, so it's really over a three-game sample size. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it seems like Gogo is uh, friendly with uh, Tyrese um, after the game, but... You're Forgetting that Goga has us blocked on all pacers for some odd reason, so on Instagram, I don't know how you can support. Yeah, I had no idea. Really, yeah, I know. I tried to tag him one time and his account just doesn't exist.
0: Whoa, <laughs> yeah, we probably, yeah, we probably made too many jokes over the years. Not me,
1: not me, not me. Yeah, I mean, it had to be you, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but hey, Ron Artest still follows us, so we'll take that. Yeah, um. Yeah, um, I am a tad disappointed. I really wanted John Collins um, just for the reason that we could have probably gotten him for Jalen Smith, Chris Duarte, and uh, Cleveland's first-round pick. I would have done that because I love the uh, potential beside Tyrese Halliburton. Just the highlights would be insane. Um, And he's still young, and he's still got a lot of potential to be maybe a one-or-two type all-star type of guy, I think he can definitely be there. Or it could be like a Josh Smith kind of player, um, who's like a borderline all-star every year he plays, which would have been totally fine for the price we'd pay. Um, Another guy I would have liked to see uh, would be Obi Toppin, for basically the exact same reason. Uh, Same kind of player. Um, And we are really lacking in that power forward spot right now. We're playing a uh, a natural shooting guard at the power forward uh, as of this moment. Um, But uh, I mean, with what we have... And what we got, I mean, it was more realistic, and I'm satisfied with what it was.
0: Yeah, so, you, I mean, you mentioned it. Terry Taylor, James Johnson, Gogo were all cut. We re-signed James Johnson and then cut Serge Ibaka. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was an active trade deadline for us. We didn't get exactly what we wanted, but I think, you know, they're the Pacers right now are happy holding Pat and just, you know, maybe tanking for a better draft pick in this upcoming draft too, which I, I do want to talk about in a bit but I first want to move on to uh, the last bit of news which is Halliburton made his first all-star game for his career and with the Pacers um, I, I went back I looked it all up he's the first point guard in Pacers basketball history to be an all-star so I mean there's your argument right there for maybe the best point guard in Pacers basketball history um, but there were six other guards that have been named an all-star for the Indiana Pacers do you want to try to name those six guys
1: Oladipo? Yep, two-time. Does Paul George count as a yeah, guard? Yeah, he counts, forward?
0: so there's uh, a, f- a couple
1: guard he forward. He's in a season shooting guard, yeah,
0: right? Yeah, so um, I'm counting him as a guard because of that.
1: Okay, and you said there was six guards? Correct, so you got two.
0: Okay, Reggie Miller. Yep, Reggie, five-time. Um, I've got this. One sec. I mean, um, two old guys, one...
1: Uh, 2010s guy. I know Chris Mullen was never an All Star no. for the Pacers. Uh, Danny Granger is a small forward. He counts. So,
0: oh, he does he count. Yep, I counted him. He played uh guard at least once in his career, like over okay. the course of his season.
1: And there's two more. Yep,
0: there's two more old guys. You really got to like dig into the depths of your Pacers knowledge here.
1: Uh, oh, um, um, uh, um, Fred something. No. You're thinking, uh, f- uh, isn't there that isn't there that point guard named yeah Fred, Fred Brown? Yeah, f- uh, no, there's a different uh, guy Fred,
0: is, so. yeah, Fred. Uh, well, now I forgot it.
1: <laughs> but, we'll get uh, back to it. Yeah, Someone, someone's you know, yelling. You know someone's yelling right now yeah. at the podcast. Um, damn. Uh, Here, I'll give you the
0: first name, Billy.
1: Oh, Billy yep. Knight. I didn't know he was a point guard though. Uh, but,
0: shooting guard, and then okay. Don. Oh, Don Boost. Yep. Okay, so there's our six. Okay. So Halliburton's okay. already in that group. I mean, he's the seventh there. That's all of the guards that we've ever had since we entered the NBA that are all stars. Um, there was at least one point where there was like a 12-year stretch where we had no all-stars, which is just wild. But yeah, I mean, he's already a, um, or he's already in an elite group of Pacers guards. Over the years. So, I mean, I think if he continues, like I mentioned earlier, sky's the limit for him. Just wanted to mention that, though. Only point guard. He's
1: going to make many, many All Star games, Tigers. Yeah. um, He's insane.
0: I I think so. And I like the respect there, too, from the league already. He missed, what, 14 games before the All Star game?
1: He missed basically all the stuff. He missed the two weeks before voting. I think he got to play one game before they were announced. So. Basically, he finished his All Star campaign two weeks before everyone else did. And uh, he was phenomenal. I um, mean, that. He sh- still would have been the leader in assists if he didn't miss as much time. I think Trey Young's got it right now. But if he didn't miss two weeks, he'd be clear. Um, and yeah, he's just got respect all around the league. Everyone likes him, everyone likes playing with him because he is a very selfless player. Um, he scored 18 points in the All Star game. That's, um, I mean, I remember watching uh, Sabonis in his first two. Uh, it was the most painful thing of my life, watching the people huck up half-courts. But now that Tyrese, he's there and he's a point guard, he gets to have the ball in his hands. So uh, that kind of explains a lot more why he was scoring. Um, he's already scored more than Sabonis has in his combined three games. Um, and, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I, I didn't. I honestly uh, shut the game off after halftime because it was the most boring thing of my life. Yeah, terrible game. But uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: zero fun. I watched the Celebrity All Star Game, and ha- it's probably better. I promise it was better. I've hated that thing every single year, but I wanted to watch it this year. Had a ton of fun watching that. There was yeah. like a big button. Giannis was the coach for one team, and then I like
1: the Rising Stars game. Oh, I didn't get to watch that. Yeah, it looked cool. You know. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So
0: I like that concept. I think um
1: i i've come up with this idea the games are a little too short though in my opinion like the last one was only to 25 like it was over in like 10 minutes max like i think it should have been also to 50 or to 75 or something i
0: think so too because when you have those low scoring games and quick games you're gonna have random mvps like jose alvarado yeah um and you know i think the whole thing went well except for jose alvarado winning Rising Stars MVP. No disrespect. was really nice, though. Yeah, He's but really good. You, you, but that last game was way too short. Well, and you'd ra- the NBA would much rather have, you know, like, Paolo Bancaro win it or...
1: Benedict would have won it if there was more time on the clock.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just... They He's don't want their... After, yeah. New Orleans is the smallest market um, in the NBA. So they, they don't want the backup point guard for New Orleans that's losing a lot of time right now to win MVP. That's hmm. my take. Yeah. Um, but what I was thinking the NBA needs to do is do a 32-man uh, one-on-one uh, tournament. So you get one player from each NBA team, and then two players from—I don't know, like maybe you get an overtime elite player in there, and um, maybe some like G-leaguer that's been around for a while, and then you do like a 32-man, you know, tournament bracket. Uh, game to three each, and then you get all the way to the end. I just think it'd be a ton of fun. You get one player from each team, like I said, and you know you probably won't get like your superstars in there or anything, but who knows? That could be a ton of fun. And I would have much rather watch something like that than that all-star game this year because that was not fun at all. I
1: just want a one v one tournament
0: to be uh, put in there instead. Yeah, 100%. That's what we need. Um, but yeah, let's move on. So, uh, well, real quick, congrats to Halliburton if you're listening right now. Um, <laughs> probably. And, yeah, huge congrats to you. So, let's move on to the Wimbanyama sweeps, uh, sweepstakes. We have dropped drastically in the past month or so in the standings. I mean, I guess the past two games, not including the Spurs game tonight, but the past two games, uh, we have one. We beat the Sari um, Orlando Magic and then beat Dallas. We'll get to those games in a minute. But um, the Wimbanyama uh, sweepstakes right now are in full effect I don't think we're going to catch up to some of these teams that are at the bottom and I don't think we're going to catch up to the Hornets who you know LaMelo just went out and I don't even know who else is on their team that's going to help them win Dennis games right Smith now
1: Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis
0: Smith Jr. Baby. Dennis Smith Jr. is one of the I mean he's on the Justin Anderson level for me for uh, NBA yeah. talent I'm not even kidding
1: no don't disrespect no, him He's full good.
0: disrespect he's no Brad Wanamaker but he's close <laughs> I, I i am dead serious he's no gabe york but he's close <laughs> <laughs> oh man gabe york um yeah so we're currently at sixth which i think would give us a nine percent chance at the one pick um you know the way that the lotteries changed over the years i think
1: the top three or the sorry in the past bottom in the past four or five seasons the top seven odds the seventh odds have jumped top to four every single time oh interesting Um, And I know if we end up at 7, it's 100% going to break that streak. Um, (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you can continue what you're saying, but I do have another guy in mind that I'd like to draft.
0: Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. I don't have down here on my notes um, anyone that I'd want to draft. I haven't began to do any of that deep dive. I guess I need to because the Pacers aren't good anymore. But, um, yeah, we're currently at sixth. Tankathon has us taking Jairus Walker from Houston. But... um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of a good spot for us going forward. I think at some point Halliburton's going to get um, injured and they might just shut him down for the year. Um, and probably the same with Miles Turner, too. They're going to pay him $35 million to sit the rest of the year. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I, I think six is a good spot for us, although the Magic were only two games ahead of them in the standings. So, I mean, there's a chance that we get down to five, too. But last year... Did we have four or five, and then we moved down to six? Um, so nothing's guaranteed is the point. But yeah, let's let's hear some of the guys that you like, and um, or I guess the one guy that you like, and let's talk about that.
1: So you already said his name. This Jarris Walker fella looks so good. He's a 19-year-old. He's widely viewed as like one of the best defensive prospects in this draft. He's a power forward, which is exactly what we need. Um, now, if you've looked up, I don't know if you've seen this, but his game and build and size and everything he does is nearly identical to Jeremy Grant. Um, now, I think his, his ceiling is probably higher than Jeremy Grant, but um, like he moves and like is like the exact same. They, because they've done side-by-side highlights, and they're like the exact same player. But, um, yeah, I think he would be a great... A great pickup for the Pacers, and he'd slide right in at the four to start off. I'd hope, um, and I mean, if if that's where we end up at six or whatever or five, I'd I'd love to take him there.
0: Let's take a quick break. All right, let's move on to some recent games and recap post All Star game where the Pacers are at. So we already mentioned the Tankathon, where you know the Pacers are six standing. Sal talked about Jairus Walker a second ago, but I want to talk about the games that we've played recently. And um, we're not going to talk about everything that we missed, like I mentioned earlier in the show, but we're going to talk about from February 23rd, we played in Indy against the Boston Celtics, which went to overtime. Sal, um, I don't know if you have the game stats pulled up or anything, but this was an intense game that really came down to the wire. I thought we had this. And um, Jason Tatum, who had played um, a good game throughout, ended up just kind of going off um when it mattered most and yeah we ended up losing this one 142 to 138 so these these close games are fun to watch and I, I think we don't get enough of these games that are intense like this right now I mean for the past what three years at, th- at this point <laughs> but yeah um yeah these kind of games are fun and you know you want your team to win but it's almost an added bonus when your team's in tank mode and there's a generational talent that you might be able to get um, in the draft, so I kind of had mixed emotions about this. I hate the Celtics, so I would have really loved to win here. But yeah, lost this one in overtime. What, what's kind of your, your takeaway from this game? Um,
1: Celtics game. Um, I mean, it was a close game. I think uh, Tatum's coming off his All Star M A P, feeling a little bit, uh, feeling good. But um, overall, I mean, it was just kind of expected. I don't really expect them to beat the Celtics, but I mean. Good fight, good entertaining game.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, we got yeah. to watch him play against the He gave the us Pacers. a little
1: bit of the works in the first half, but then uh, kind of quieted down a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was expecting more from him, though, just because, you know, revenge games are always a little better.
0: Definitely, and Miles Turner went off in this one 40 points, 10 rebounds. Tyrese had 22 points, 14 assists, but um, Aaron Neesmith, was one of the storylines in this he was fighting um I I can't say the coach's name on Boston Mangulo or Van Van I can't even think of what it is right now but uh Aaron Neesmith getting into it with his old coach uh it's just hilarious so shout out Aaron Neesmith no friends on other teams you love that mentality um and yeah I mean Miles Turner scoring 40 in this one against the Celtics is also hilarious because there's been rumors that he's going to Boston, I don't know, every year for four or five years. Yeah, Yeah, it's Gordon Hayward trade, you know, send him to Indiana, get Miles Turner to Boston. So kind of funny to show Boston what they have been missing out on all these years. Um, But they still walked away with the win, and it was expected, like you said. So let's move on to the next game, which was the Pacers at Orlando's. I mean, sorry, the Pacers at the sorry Orlando Magic, as I've been calling them. Um, I'm really getting sick of all this hype for Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro. And look, I get it. They're good players, but people need to quit crowning them as the next greatest thing that's going to happen in this league because we've watched the Magic long enough. Unless they, you know, I don't think Paolo's one of the Dwight Howard type of players. He very well, I guess, could be. I see him as more of like a Antoine Jameson, no, of. no,
1: he's way better than that. He's going to be... I, man, look, I said if what you I looked said. at all the stats of his rookie year so far, Like this is like historical stuff. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think I've watched a single full game of him, but um, I've seen the highlights, and I know the potential. I, I mean, um, and he's clear-cut probably the best player right now. I mean... Not, not my favorite. I think my second favorite after Benedict is uh, my boy Walker Kessler. But um, besides that, yeah, Paulo has a ton of potential to be a great, uh, great wing in this league. Definitely gonna be better than Antoine. No disrespect. That's a hey, uh, Wizards, Hall of Famer, Wizard's Legend Antoine Jamerson. Yeah.
0: I believe he's a Hall of yeah. Famer, Sal. So there's, there's no actually? disrespect here.
1: Okay. Well, I still Antoine think he's gonna be better than that.
0: All right, so the Pacers then on February 28th went to Dallas to play the new-look Mavericks with Kyrie Irving. Um, we won that game 124-122. to 122. Real nail-biter, but the Pacers pulled this one out. Uh, I guess really held off the Mavericks in this one because they almost were looking like the better team in the second half. But it was a close one throughout, and uh, we won this one. So a huge win for the Pacers. Halliburton had 32 points, which is always great. It was his birthday If you it was also Luca's birthday. If you didn't bet the over for both of them on uh, their birthday, then you're crazy. I did not bet the over because I thought, well, they're not both going to go over, right? And they both did. Um, So, real big miss by me there. But, yeah, we ended up winning this one. The Mavericks are a ticking time bomb as far as I'm concerned right now with Kyrie Irving, and I'm excited that the Pacers got to play a part in this.
1: Yeah, um, also, I bet on a Pacers win tonight, so we better uh, not lose to the Spurs, who are like one in fifteen in their past sixteen games, or whatever. Well, Halliburton's but, uh, out. Did
0: you <laughs> see, Did you see Halliburton's out? He's
1: out. Yeah. <laughs> ah, crap. All right. Well, you know, TJ McConnell takeover game. But anyways, um, I still think they should win. Kellen Johnson's out. Um, well, as I was saying. Oh, right. Okay. So Luca and Tyrese did both have their birthdays. Um, mm. Phenomenal games from both of them. Kyrie is in a big slump right now. Um, And when Rick Carlisle was asked what he brought Luka Doncic for his birthday, who is his former coach, um, he said that he brought him Tyrese Halliburton for his birthday. Um, I don't know if you saw that clip, but it's pretty funny. Um, And, you know, uh, Rick, I I, I mean, just going to go on a little tangent here. Rick is a coach. Kinda I kinda rock with him, but then sometimes he'll make some really stupid decisions. I like, I don't agree with his like random nights not playing Benedict over fifteen minutes. And then I also find it weird how he just doesn't play Jalen Smith, but whenever he does play Jalen Smith, we have good games. So
0: I mean maybe maybe that's calculated. Jalen Smith's
1: last game he had nine, nine and five blocks.
0: It's unreal.
1: And I I mean why this guy's not getting playing time. Like he literally gets DNPs half the game he plays at least. Yeah. I mean his his
0: usage percentage percentage is really high when he's on the court, so they're getting him the ball, but yeah, I mean I
1: I I agree. I don't like that we've given up on him way too quickly here. I don't think we've given up on him. I think No, he's only got one more year after this year, right? So Yeah. I mean before we have to sign him again.
0: I mean he's already beat out Isaiah Jackson, right? For minutes, so I mean, what's next? He just needs to beat out Aaron Neesmith. Do you think that's that? That's going to be that hard? It's just it's
1: for me when I'm I watch Aaron Neesmith it. Neesmith is the guy who loses minutes. Like it has to be Tice Turner, minutes right? Over him. Oh okay. You're giving Tice minutes over him, and like we're playing like so many point guards. Like I think they just take away T.J. McConnell's minutes. No disrespect, but we are a young team. We don't really need him on the court when we have Nembhard. Hey, um, uh, TJ
0: McConnell's a lifer. And Chris Duarte, just him. take
1: away all his minutes. I don't like Chris Duarte, so take him all away. Well, I guess the Mavericks we only have got a huge six Dominican, minutes. We have a huge Dominican fan base right now, so I mean, like, probably going to get hate on saying that, but I mean, we're 40 minutes into the podcast, so I'm sure people who just clicked on and clicked off wouldn't have heard that, so. But hey, Chris Duarte, out of the rotation. Hey, Hang I just want
0: to say, I'm Jack. Shout out to all my Dominican fans out there of the All Pacers pod. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to speak for Sal on this, but uh, yeah, he love. I love Chris Duarte, <laughs> one of the best players in the league.
1: Uh, I every day, every day I think about how there was rumors of the Warriors offering Moody and multiple first round picks just to get Duarte after we took him before them, and I regret. I I wish I was um, who uh, Kevin Pritchard. I, I mean,
0: yep. You'd rather have Duarte? No. Then Moses Moody, I'd way much rather have Moody.
1: Man, Moody would be getting thirty minutes on our team per night right now.
0: Man, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I He's still
1: nice. He's just playing on a, a old, a old Warriors team. Yeah. And on the Pacers, he would have a great year.
0: Well, I mean, the guarantee
1: he would be like our starting. Hell, he'd be our starting power forward.
0: Yeah, I right don't now. know. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, prop right. We'll just throw anyone in it, at power forward. Anyone at power forward. Okay, basically. well. What we should have done was drafted Al Prince at sixteen, or he true. went at sixteen. We had the thirteenth pick. We He's have already got,
1: better than Miles Turner. So
0: hey, I do want to mention um, the pick right before Duarte was Josh Primo. So uh, <laughs> at least <laughs> at NBA least we missed out on that. Yeah. yeah, we missed out on that. We uh, drafted Duarte, but then after that, I went Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, Al Prince Trey Murphy the third, who's a good player.
1: I would have loved Trey Murphy on this team.
0: Yeah, I mean a three and D guy. Yeah, I would have loved him, too. But um, we ended up getting Isaiah Jackson at 22 right before. still like that pick. I yeah, like I like that. that p- I mean, when you look at the guys that were taken after him, it's okay. I mean, I think I'd still rather have Isaiah Jackson than Usman Garuba or Josh Christopher or yeah. maybe Quentin Grimes. I don't know. But Bones Highland after Grimes that. Quentin
1: Grimes and uh, then Duarte. Yeah, not on
0: this team, though. On this Pacers team? Oh, sorry. You said Duarte.
1: Yeah, over Duarte. Yeah.
0: Okay, I thought you were saying Isaiah Jackson. No, no, no. Yeah, because I mean, we That's the last boy. thing we need. I, is I can't more switch guards.
1: up on. I can't switch up on, IJax. I love it.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm always a huge fan of people who are, um, the biggest fans of a certain player. If that makes sense.
1: That was me with Doug McDermott and Justin Holiday, who Justin Holiday hit a Mavericks franchise record most threes in a debut game with five threes. Oh. I love hey he's back he's still playing rotational minutes he's playing like i think he's starting a few games no too. he
0: started against the pacers we didn't even mention yeah. that. yeah
1: yeah he uh hey i love him both as a player and a person he's a great person
0: yeah um love to see former players from the pacers I'm So happy, back. now all
1: they need to do is free doug mcdermott and <laughs> then i'll be just on the moon
0: they do need a free Doug McDermott. They haven't played power forward and not like a ton of time. Because he got
1: the biggest bag of all time, and he doesn't even play. <laughs> and he's old, and he's on like the worst team in the NBA.
0: Gosh, man! Off, if, you, if
1: you're a basketball player and you need and you need
0: to learn how to move off the ball, um, or maybe do baseline cuts, you gotta watch Doug McDermott play.
1: Yep, Yeah.
0: Which is crazy to say, but he's
1: catch and shoot threes off the screen off the. Uh, gosh, he's just deadly.
0: Those Sabonis to McDermott handoffs. Oh man oh man yeah look at us man beautiful no thing no casual nba fan or is like a beautiful uh, thing there's not a single real nba fan that would know this about doug mcdermott um it's it just has to be us right this i practiced is a bonus those
1: when i was getting ready for the uh varsity tryouts which unfortunately uh i only made it to the last tryout but i was you know i was modeling my game after doug i was practicing those i was like throwing up the ball and spinning it so it just bounced in one place and then running around and catching it and shooting it.
0: Yeah. That was my thing. You should have let me it talk to your coach because I, I exactly could have – exactly like Doug. Well, I could have put it all in perspective for him. Look, <laughs> you're not the tallest guy, but it's your low post mentality that really muffles <laughs> things up. So, look, you if you were just utilized in the right way, you could you could be an all-timer in Canadian basketball yeah, it history. could be like
1: – yeah, it could be like Doug McDermott slash Justin Holiday slash like Sam Hauser. Yeah you know
0: i mean you could so at least
1: put up miles turner breeze. stats right you could
0: get 13 <laughs> points and no rebounds
1: no way <laughs> I get like 5 points and like a steal
0: <laughs> love it um yes i do know that miles is averaging 18 points a game this year for everyone that's about to get mad um yeah. no disrespect it's more so saying that sal is that great of a player
1: yeah of course
0: Hey, well, we both have to go, so we're going to have to wrap this episode yeah. up. Um, we, we have a fun uh, couple of episodes planned out already coming up, and um, what we had to cut today was the uh, player rankings for the Pacers. We love doing that on this podcast. Next it's episode. Not just, yeah, we'll do it next episode, but we're not basing it just on skill alone. We're doing approval rating plus skill on this. So, yeah, our best player might be Tyrese Halliburton but approval rating wise, is he going to be number one amongst the fans? The answer is yeah. yes. <laughs> the answer is yeah. yes, but things, things will change up a little bit. You know, some of the best guys might not be in, you know, the spots that they probably should be in if it was just based on skill. So we're going to get to that. It's a ton of fun. We're, we're gauging um, a lot of the fans with this too. Anyway, Sal, I'm gonna let you go. It's great talking to you. I hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Of course.
0: You too. Peace out. <laughs>
1: You want me, Joel Embiid? Come get it, because I'm going to give it to you. Are you kidding me? Sabonis brought it to him.